day 187 of 365, the Bible Challenge with Abby Joy. Psalm 81, verse 1 to 7. Sing praises to God, our strength. Sing to God of Jacob. Sing, beat the tambourine. Play the sweet lyre and harp. Blow the ram's horn at the new moon and again at full moon to call a festival. For this is required by the decrees of Israel. It is a regulation of the God of Jacob. He made it a law for Israel when he attacked Egypt to set us free. I heard an unknown voice say, Now I will take the load from your shoulders. I will free your hands from their heavy tasks. You cried to me in trouble and I saved you. I answered out of the thundercloud and tested your faith when there was no water at Meribah. Acts chapter 25 verse 1 to 22. Three days after Festus arrived in Caesarea to take over his new responsibilities, he left for Jerusalem where the leading priests and other Jewish leaders met with him and made their accusations against Paul. They asked Festus a favour to transfer Paul to Jerusalem, planning to ambush and kill him on the way. But Festus replied that Paul was at Caesarea and he himself would be returning there soon. So he said, those of you in authority can return with me. If Paul has done anything wrong, you can make you can make your accusations. About eight or ten days later, Festus returned to Caesarea and on the following day he took his seat in court and ordered that Paul be brought in. When Paul arrived, the Jewish leaders from Jerusalem gathered round and made many serious accusations they couldn't prove. Paul denied the charges. I'm not guilty of any crime against the Jewish laws or the temple or the Roman government, he said. Then Festus, wanting to please the Jews, asked him, Are you willing to go to Jerusalem and stand trial before me there? But Paul replied, No, this is the official Roman court, so I ought to be tried right here. You know very well I am not guilty of harming the Jews. If I've done something worthy of death, I don't refuse to die. But if I am innocent, no one has a right to turn me over to these men to kill me. I appeal to Caesar. Festus conferred with his advisers and then replied, Very well, you have appealed to Caesar, and to Caesar you will go. A few days later, King Agrippa arrived with his sister Bernice to pay their respects to Festus. During their stay of several days, Festus discussed Paul's case with the king. There is a prisoner here, he told him, whose case was left for me by Felix. When I was in Jerusalem, the leading priests and Jewish elders pressed charges against him and asked me to condemn him. I pointed out to them that Roman law does not convict people without a trial. They must be given an opportunity to confront their accusers and defend themselves. When his accusers came here for the trial, I didn't delay. I called the case the very next day and ordered Paul brought in. But the accusations made against him weren't any of the crimes I expected. Instead, it was something about their religion 
a dead man named Jesus, who Paul insists is alive. I was at a loss to know how to investigate these things, so I asked him whether he would be willing to stand trial on these charges in Jerusalem, but Paul appealed to have his case decided by the emperor, so I ordered that he be held in custody until I could arrange to send him to Caesar. I'd like to hear the man myself, Agrippa said, and Festus replied, you will tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. 2 Kings chapter 12 verse 1 to chapter 14 verse 22. Joash began to rule over Judah in the seventh year of King Jehu's reign in Israel. He reigned in Jerusalem 40 years. His mother was Zibiah from Beersheba. All his life, Joash did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight because Jehoiada, the priest, instructed him. Yet, even so, he did not destroy the pagan shrines and the people still offered sacrifices and burned incense there. One day, King Joash said to the priests, Collect all the money brought as a sacred offering to the Lord's temple, whether it is a regular assessment, a payment of vows or a voluntary gift, let the priests take some of that money to pay for whatever repairs are needed at the temple. But by the 23rd year of Joash's reign, the priests still had not repaired the temple. So King Joash called for Jehoiada and the other priests and asked them, Why haven't you repaired the temple? Don't use any more money for your own needs. From now on, it must all be spent on temple repairs. So the priests agreed not to accept any more money from the people, and they also agreed to let others take responsibility for repairing the temple. Then Jehoiada, the priest, bore a hole in the lid of a large chest and set it on the right-hand side of the altar at the entrance of the temple of the Lord. The priests guarding the entrance put all the people's contributions into the chest. Whenever the chest became full, the court secretary and the high priest counted the money that had been brought into the Lord's temple and put it into bags. Then they gave the money to the construction supervisors, who used it to pay the people working on the Lord's temple, the carpenters, the builders, the masons and the stonecutters. They also used the money to buy the timber and the finished stone needed for repairing the Lord's temple, and they paid any other expenses related to the temple's restoration. The money brought to the temple was not used for making silver bowls, lamp snuffers, basins, trumpets or other articles of gold or silver for the temple of the Lord. It was paid to the workmen who used it for the temple repairs. No accounting of this money was required from the construction supervisors because they were honest and trustworthy men. However, the money that was contributed for guilt offerings and sin offerings was not brought into the Lord's temple. It was given to the priests for their own use. About this time, King Haziel of Aram went to war against Gath and captured it. Then he turned to attack Jerusalem. King Joash collected all the sacred objects that Jehoshaphat, Jehoram and Ahaziah, the previous kings of Judah, had dedicated, along with what he himself had dedicated. He sent them all to Ahaziel, along with all the gold in the treasuries of the Lord's temple and the royal palace. So Haziel called off his attack on Jerusalem. 
The rest of the events in Joash's reign and everything he did are recorded in the book of the history of the kings of Judah. Joash's officers plotted against him and assassinated him at Beth Milio on the road to Silla. The assassins were Josachar, son of Shimeath, and Jehozabad, son of Shomer, both trusted advisers. Joash was buried with his ancestors in the city of David. Then his son, Amaziah, became the next king. Jeho- Jehoahaz, son of Jedu, began to rule over Israel in the 23rd year of King Joash, King Joash's reign in Judah. He reigned in Samaria 17 years, but he did what was evil in the Lord's sight. He followed the example of Jeroboam, son of Nebat, continuing the sins that Jeroboam had led Israel to commit. So the Lord was very angry with Israel, and he allowed King Hazael of Aram and his son Ben-Hadad to defeat them repeatedly. Then Jehoaz prayed for the Lord's help. And the Lord heard his prayer, for he could see how severely the king of Aram was oppressing Israel. So the Lord provided someone to rescue the Israelites from the tyranny of the Arameans. Then Israel lived in safety again, as they had in former days. But they continued to sin following the evil example of Jeroboam. They also allowed the Asherah pole in Samaria to remain standing. Finally, Jehoahaz's army was reduced to... 50 charioteers, 10 chariots and a 1,000 foot soldiers. The king of Aram had killed the others, trampling them like dust under his feet. The rest of the events in Jehoahaz's reign, everything he did and the extent of his power, are recorded in the book of the history of the kings of Israel. When Jehoahaz died, he was buried in Samaria. Then his son, Jehoash, became the next king. Jehoash became the next king. Jehoash, son of Jehoahaz, began to rule over Israel in the 37th year of King Joash's reign in Judah. He reigned in Samaria 16 years, but he did what was evil in the Lord's sight. He refused to turn from the sins that Jeroboam, son of Nebat, had led Israel to commit. The rest of the events in Jehoash's reign and everything he did, including the extent of his power and his war with King Amaziah of Judah, are recorded in the book of the history of the kings of Israel. When Jehoash died, he was buried in Samaria with the kings of Israel. Then his son, Jeroboam II, became the next king. When Elisha was in his last illness, King Jehoash of Israel visited him and wept over him. My father, my father, I see the chariots, the charioteers of Israel, he cried. Elisha told him, get a bow and some arrows. And the king did as he was told. Elisha told him, put your hand on the bow. So Elisha laid his own hands on the king's hands. And then he commanded, open that eastern window. And he opened it. Then he said, shoot. So he shot an arrow. Elisha proclaimed, This is the Lord's arrow, an arrow of victory over Aram, for you will completely conquer the Arameans at Aphek. Then he said, Now pick up the other arrows and strike them against the ground. So the king picked them up and struck the ground three times. 
but the man of God was angry with him. You should have struck the ground five or six times, he exclaimed. Then you would have beaten Aram until it was entirely destroyed. Now you'll be victorious only three times. Then Elisha died and was buried. Groups of Moabite raiders used to invade the land each spring. Once, when some Israelites were burying a man, they spied a band of these raiders, so they hastily threw the corpse into the tomb of Elisha and fled. But as soon as the body touched Elisha's bones, the dead man revived and jumped to his feet. King Hazael of Aram had oppressed Israel during the entire reign of King Jehoahaz, but the Lord was gracious and merciful to the people of Israel, and they were not totally destroyed. He pitied them because of his covenant with Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. And to this day, he has still not completely destroyed them or banished them from his presence. King Hazael of Aram died and his son, Ben-Hadad, became the next king. Then Jehoash, son of Jehoahaz, recaptured from Ben-Hadad, son of Hazael, the towns that had been taken from Jehoahaz. Jehoash's father, Jehoahaz. Jehoash defeated Ben-Hadad on three occasions and he recovered the Israelite towns. Amaziah, son of Joash, began to rule over Judah in the second year of the reign of the king Jehoash of Israel. Amaziah was 25 years old when he became king and he reigned in Jerusalem 29 years. His mother was Jehoadid, Jehoadin from Jerusalem. Amaziah did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight, but not like his ancestor David. Instead, he followed the example of his father Joash. Amaziah did not destroy the pagan shrines, and the people still offered sacrifices and burnt incense there. When Amaziah was well established as king, he executed the officials who had assassinated his father. However, he did not kill the children of the assassins, for he obeyed the command of the Lord as written by Moses in the book of the law. Parents must not put to death. Parents must not be put to death for the sins of their children, nor children for the sins of their parents. Those deserving to die must be put to death for their own crimes. Amazia also killed ten thousand Edomites in the Valley of Salt. He also conquered Selah and changed its name to Jokthiel, as it is called to this day. One day, Amaziah sent messengers with this challenge to Israel's king, Jehoash, the son of Jehoahaz, the grandson of Jedu. Jehu. <laughs> Come and meet me in battle, he said. But King Jehoash of Israel replied to King Amaziah of Judah with this story. Out in the Lebanon mountains, a thistle sent a message to a mighty cedar tree. Give your daughter in marriage to my son. But just then a wild animal of Lebanon came by and stepped on the thistle, crushing it. You have indeed defeated Edom, and you were proud of it. But be content with your victory and stay at home. Why stir up trouble that will only bring disaster on you and the people of Judah? But Amaziah refused to listen, so King Jehoash of Israel mobilized his army against King Amaziah of Judah. The two armies drew up their battle lines at Beth Shemesh in Judah. 
Judah was rooted by the army of Israel and its army scattered and fled for home. King Jehoash of Israel captured Judah's king, Amaziah, son of Joash, and grandson of Ahaziah at Beth Shemesh. Then he marched to Jerusalem, where he demolished 600 feet of Jerusalem's fall, wall <laughs> from the Ephraim gate to the corner gate. He carried off all the gold and silver and all the articles from the temple of the Lord. He also seized the treasures from the royal palace, along with hostages, and then returned to Samaria. The rest of the events in Jehoash's reign and everything he did, including the extent of his power and his war with King Amaziah of Judah, are recorded in the book of the history of the kings of Israel. When Jehoash died, he was buried in Samaria with the kings of Israel, and his son, Jeroboam II, became the next king. King Amaziah of Judah lived for 15 years after the death of King Jehoash of Israel, the rest of the events in Amaziah's reign are recorded in the book of the history of the kings of Judah. There was a conspiracy against Amaziah's life in Jerusalem, and he fled to Lachish, but his enemies sent assassins after him, and they killed him there. They brought his body back to Jerusalem on a horse, and he was buried with his ancestors in the city of David. All the people of Judah had crowned Amaziah's 16-year-old son, Uzziah, as king in place of his father, Amaziah. After his father's death, Uzziah built the town of Elath and restored it to Judah. Judah.